There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Friends with benefits. Friends. We got the friends with benefits. We got the friends. Friends. With Tash York and Betty Bombshell. Good thanks. Just uh, self isolating, uh, you know, being an isolation girl in an isolated world. How are you going over there? Oh, it's much the same over here, isn't it? Mm. Just inside with wine. Inside with wine. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Um, I really hope that they don't cap it at all. That's okay. That's when I'll become like a proper criminal and I'll just steal wine. It's fine. Like, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that now okay. just to. Just have that um, video now, so that's uh, pretty cool. I'm just, I'm an artist. I was joking. Um, no, but I'll do that. But um, let's be honest, it's not very different to anything else we ever did. The only difference is we're not in the same room. That's just, true. We're in separate rooms. Now. As far as a podcast is concerned, yes. Uh, as far as everything else in my life, not really quite the same. Not really quite the same. Uh, not super the same because um, everything. But podcast. But podcast, yeah. we're making it happen. Dream, believe, do. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, Soz, uh, if the audio doesn't sound quite as good as it normally does, uh, we are literally talking into our laptops and phones and uh, we're just making it work, you know, making it work. No, we're making it happen. And we're bringing the people what they want or don't want. I'm not sure. Hard to say. And we're just doing it because otherwise we'll go insane. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so- <laughs> What have been your uh, isolation fun times over the last week or so? Have you been passing the time, babes, other than drinking uh, a lot? Well, I'm actually in a different state now, so it's all very new. Um, I'm in Perth. I'm in Western Australia. That's right. Wow. And, yes, yeah, so I have yes. been getting some drinks. Oh. 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 <laughs> just, yeah. That's all right. It's fine. Oh, I don't actually. That's just someone that lives here. I don't actually know who that is. Um, no, you should be self-isolating. Just, just sort of let you know. You can't be around. Oh, we've got tape on the floor. Like she goes over there, I stay here. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I do that with Kev on sides of the bed, but I feel like that's not the same thing. No, I feel like it's the same. Yeah. I feel like it's. I told him the other night that he was a sweaty lump. Um. Yeah. Mad. <laughs> Did you say he was a sweaty lump? Yeah. Yeah, I was just a bit frustrated. I haven't been sleeping well. I've been waking up a bit mad about the fact that I have nothing to do. And uh, I just took it out of him. I just like aggressively was like, you're just a sweaty lump. And uh, it wasn't a cute time. No, it wasn't good. Look, I mean, no, I can imagine that would have been. But also, what do you think I met? He was a sweaty lump. So it's really his fault. And Kev, just fucking dream, believe, do better. That's all I'm going to say. Do better exactly uh great uh we have managed to secure a guest which is so wild because everyone's so busy at the moment they've got a lot on uh honestly booked up booked up 
between fighting people for eggs, trying to find toilet paper, making sure people don't. I couldn't find toilet paper, and I had to get tea. There was no, there was none. So I was like, tissues for us, and that's what that's how it is. See, I'm very happy. Like I've been a who gives the crap girl for a long time, and we had a delivery. I think it was like last Friday or the Friday before. I don't know. All the Fridays are the same now, and so are Mondays and Wednesdays. And so I was literally like tasked with the fact of like trying to find out when they were coming to do the delivery so that when I got that email, I would just like run downstairs and be like, it's mine. Don't take it. Fuck you all. Fuck you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's that's what I did. I I secured it. So that's probably. Honestly, you need to secure the package. It is important. Yeah. Yeah. For the last three weeks, at least, that's probably the biggest thing I've done. Honestly, it's quite like don't don't give yourself no credit for that. That's quite a lot because people are ravenous. My my dear friend um, from Perth, she got her HelloFresh delivered, uh-huh. and within two minutes it had been stolen. She like went downstairs to get it, and it was gone. Yeah. Right? People are just like, oh, that's something. I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have that. Do you know what my building told me today is that if I get Uber Eats, they have to deliver it outside. They're not allowed in my building and I have to go downstairs and get it. And I'm like, oh no, what if that happens with my Uber oh, Eats? I know. How can they regulate your own Uber Eats? That doesn't, that's not it. They're like, you're not allowed to let them in the building. I was like, because they'll be carrying, because they'll touch the lift. Like, I, what? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't under, I mean, like, no not you know what no that's a no for me anyway I'm gonna have to like rely on the little like random picture of a bike just moving on a map slowly and be like it's maybe nearly here just in my dressing gown like it's fine um yeah it's not gonna be cute you know and it's just like turns around constantly and you're like (laughs) it just flies over a few blocks and then it's like takes the slowest amount of time The best is with cars and when they drive sideways down the map and you're like, mm-hmm. I know, you're like, that's like a really important stunt move. Oh, God, take your yeah, man. Without Uber Eats, I feel like I would be dead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have a guest on the podcast. It's me. No, it's not. Oh, we have an amazing guest on the podcast, which is so well that we haven't managed to get this beautiful person on. Yeah. I was like, but I love that we've, it's happening in these crisis times, in these mm-hmm. wild. Um, the incredible, just all, ra- all round hilarious human being. Used to be my roommate. Uh, roommate? Housemate. Um, owns two fucking just circular cats, I'm going to say. <laughs> this is why I'm not an MC. I don't know if y'all can... No, I'm really really enjoying it. Continue. Um, It is the talented, incredible performer, comedian, writer, extraordinaire, just wonderful all round, very good human. It's Clara (laughs) Cockett. Hey. (laughs) How you doing, babe? I'm all right. How are you? So well. We have wine and we have time. Yay. Congrats. Yay. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Uh, uh, yes. How are you oh. doing, Clara? I'm okay. Um, yeah, it's been, it feels like about 27 years. I feel like that old lady on the Titanic. 
It's been Okay, Betty has literally done that quote every podcast <laughs> for the last three podcasts. Oh, well, it's accurate. Um, I just and everyone's thinking, like, yeah, great. No, I love it. This again, and then you just open with that. I love it. It's like so. Okay. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. Oh, I fun. don't want to say that I didn't listen to it. I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I listened to some earlier ones and then I've been a bit overwhelmed with podcasts lately just because like I love them but they've all been like hello we're bringing you content we're so sorry everyone's sad we're doing our best we're in a closet and we're just making <laughs> stories for you okay but we love you hi everyone are you doing okay out there we're making stories inside <laughs> yeah yeah so it's such a journey of that podcast I love it <laughs> I was just like, let's just do the podcast as normal, uh, just with shittier audio, you know. Uh, it's going to be mm. basically the same, um, except that we won't have any gigs to talk about because there are none. Um, <laughs> there are none. Um, yeah, this, is the gig. this is our gig right now. Yeah. This is the show. This is yeah, the show. They, they all went away in about three days. Like, you know, when you were just like, oh, maybe this one. No. All right. Well. Well, this one's yeah. in a couple of weeks. So, Matt. No. no. Yeah. No. No. I had one in July. Like Melbourne Fringe just got moved to November. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Saw that Melbourne Fringe in November. Oh my goodness! I was like, that's basically a Christmas gig now. So that was that. Did I read correctly, Melbourne Fringe? Obviously, they've moved the date, which is necessary. Um, but did I read correctly that there may be some like virtual um portions of the festival or was that just like a general I don't know I read it and I was like online um I do think they already have that um oh. as a rule and it may be something that they're just bringing in kind of in light of, of you know mm. the fact that people are making so much virtual content now yeah. um yeah. and that they are kind of like they're finding new avenues to create things and there'll be people that'll come out of this that perhaps didn't have um much of a market or much of a an audience that now suddenly do yeah, um, yeah. that perhaps can't transition to live as you know as well as they yeah perhaps other people could so maybe that's a really great like thing for them it's exciting times like new ventures new experiments I guess yeah it's also horrific um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 let's not bypass that but, um, literally every gig I, I have mean, we all know why. it's horrific Fun. Yeah, but yeah. Tara, before we get into the like the horrific conversation of these very trying times, mm. um, we'll just tell us tell us about you. Tell us about how Clara cupcakes cupcakes. <gasps> you should wear many capes. How Clara <laughs> cupcakes came to be. <laughs> uh, so um, I started off in Perth uh, in a troupe that's still running actually called Sugar Blue Burlesque. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the first burlesque troops. It was definitely the first one in Perth and one of the first kind of really big ones to kind of be running in Australia. Uh, my friend Mel was running it, um, and she still does actually. And yeah. uh, it was like maybe three girls, including, and I got really drunk one night and I was like, Mel, listen, 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 listen. I'm going to learn how to hold it. I'm going to join. And we good and she was like sure sure whatever uh but then I actually did that yay she followed through 
you, you taught yourself how to hula hoop, correct? Yeah, still am teaching myself. Um, yeah, so uh, I taught myself off YouTube by off like a bunch of like very lovely but extremely like granola hippie ladies who were doing it just for festival. Um, Important. Bit of Burning Man, a lot of gators. Um, uh, but yeah, I learned a few, a couple of moves with that. And then unfortunately, both fortunately and unfortunately, it is my natural skill. Um, so I don't have to work that hard to be okay at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't practice very much, which is a real kind of like, I think if I I actually practiced, yeah, I'd get real good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cause I see people coming up like Anna Fisher, man. Like she's good. I see all these, she's so good. Shout out to Anna Fisher. Absolutely. And Boyd. Yeah, and Joe as well with the juggles. Oh, right, Joe Fisher. My God, incredible juggler. Those two, they just apparatus, I feel like, runs in their family. Yeah, they're good. And I think Anna just, off the top of my head, just does hoops. And I think Joe just does juggling. I um, think so, yeah. Yeah, but they're both, like, incredible at it. But kind yeah. of the um, <clears throat> part of my uh, thing about not really getting that much better is people are just not impressed. Like, as in, like, you see Anna like uh like like balancing these hoops and like a one on her forehead and then putting two yeah. on each arm and then one on her head and just doing all this crazy throwing stuff and people just do not give a shit. What they want is they want all the hoops at once. Yeah at the end. Yes. They love a stack, don't they? The that like third constant. Just all of them. Like that's what people ask me every time. They're like, how do you do so many? And I'm like, I don't know. Ask someone how they do 10 because that's much harder. But <laughs> yeah. nobody like, yeah, no, like what I realized after, you know, doing my rubbish hooping for so long is that people don't give a shit about how good you are. Like trapeze, yes. Like juggling is definitely a bit more because like, you know, you probably couldn't do that. But there's something about all the hoops that I think triggers something in people that they go, well, I could do that. Like, because it's definitely like, buy one, they can just buy one. I, I think, think that's right. what I tell like, well, I can do it. I can but do I feel it. like that with all circus. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like, you know, go to circus shows and they're like, yeah, I've seen that before. It's like, doesn't mean it's not hard to do every time. Like, people do that all the time. It's something about circus. I don't know what it is. They're like, oh, trapeze again. You're like, but it's very have you ever tried to hang from a trapeze for five seconds? It's so hard. Like you tried to hold your own body weight ever. Like while doing like sort of pulling. It's not it. So yeah, simply it's really hard. Is that it's why you created like the Clara Cupcakes character to kind of like give a bit more to the hula hoop dimension, or was it like all kind of happening at the same time? I think it was a bit of both. My original name was Clara Bell because some bitch told me that Clara Cupcakes wasn't a good name. And I was like, oh, okay. And then so it was Clara Bell, which sounds like a dairy cow. Honestly. I think I was that for, for two shows. And then I just went, no, nah, I think Clara Cupcakes is better. And so I just, and also in the troupe at the time, there was actually another hula hooper that they, they had. Um, so I kind of started learning and then they were like, oh, by the way, we're bringing in, um, uh, uh, this hula hooper whose name 
I cannot, I remember um, their old name, but I know they have a new name now, which I think is maybe Eddie. Um, yeah. So, uh, but they're amazing. They're in the US and just like a real like sideshow powerhouse. And so I kind mm. of had to develop a different way to hula hoop in order to compete with someone that was really good. <laughs> And also I'm very classy and was always kind of like stuffing things up, but those are the pe- things that people like. So all of the stuff that's in my hula hoop routine that I've done 70 million times and still love forever um, is just mistakes that like have happened as shows have come along and then I've kind of added them in. Um, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Like I fall over at the end because that actually happened once. The burlesque bar. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was great. I stacked it perfectly on the beat, and um, it was so funny. And I was like, "Great, that's in there now." Pop it in. Yeah. And so that's then, really was the like, so you do like a lot of comedy and stuff, and like full show. Mm. Right now, like obviously, like the burlesque is like a huge part of who your identity is. I guess as like a a spots performer and whatnot. But like you're like fucking hilarious and write whole like shows and like do all this video and like stop animation and all this crazy shit. Like how did it like develop then into that? And improv. Um, no, well, number one, I broke up with a long term boyfriend who was kind of awful. Um, kind of awful um, who was it who was it it was alex cotton um about him he'll never listen to this um <laughs> let's tag uh, him Pass, we're gonna tag. i'll find him yeah, let's get him um no like actually would he sent me um which is actually very nice of him i had a very intense time in at press friends this year and a lot of stuff was happening along with which he sent me a message um, asking if I wanted these old videos that I'd made in high school of, like, old, like, um, productions and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's actually really nice. Um, Thank you. Um, Yeah, I thought that was actually really lovely. Um, uh, Yeah, so I – yeah, it's fine. He's married and shit now. It's all good. Um, Yeah. Um, no, so I, so I was, uh, in Perth doing Sugar Blue and there wasn't an awful lot of other outlets and Sugar Blue, like for all their, um, for all I owe them are very classic. Um, and so I would sort of try and bring talking to the stage or some more, com- like some, like less, um, physical comedian, comedic elements or like slightly odd things. And it just didn't really gel with their style. Um, and then because of the breakup i was like i'm gonna go to europe for six months and find out who i am um and then i moved to melbourne straight after that and very fortunately which is how i met betty um got in uh at burlesque bar with a residency really really as soon as i moved so um, that was such a great space because I'd just say to Lolly and Poppy, who owned it at the time, I'd be like, hey, can I just come down tonight, like, unpaid and just try out this, like, weird thing that I want to do? Uh, yeah. And they would let me do it. Um, they just got me in whenever I wanted. They'd let me put in all my weird ideas. And I just didn't have a space like that in Perth because the Sugar Blue shows were such big productions and, yeah. um, you know, they had to present, like, this kind of, like, polished thing, not just kind of like a 
Uh, I'm going to be a banana and marry some monkeys. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that kind of like flourished for me because I always felt like what I don't like about burlesque in a way is that it's not, you don't talk, um, which is which is fine in its, in its place. And I love, I still love burlesque, even though I aggressively also hate it. Um, <laughs> you know that feeling? It's like when someone else talks shit about burlesque, I'll be like, no. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? It's like when someone like says your brother's weird and you're like, I can say it's weird, but you can't say it's weird. Um, excuse me. Um, how dare you? Um, you permission. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've always, I'm a Gemini, um, so I, <laughs> I have a lot of different. <laughs> I like to do a lot of different things, and so I always uh, loved comedy festival. I thought it was cool, and I did Edinburgh Fringe actually while I was in Europe. Actually, that's the other thing that kind of switched things up for me. You didn't did Edinburgh Fringe or any of the other fringes. Yeah, it was my first one. I did Fringe World. I've done Fringe World a whole bunch. And then I, I went to Edinburgh Fringe just as a visit. And I ended up uh, working on Comic Strip, which was um, Asher Trelevin and Gypsy Wood. And um, and then they would have a bunch of burlesque dancers and then some comedians and, and stuff like that. And it was, uh, I, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and I did the stage kittening for it. And I got a review said I was the best part of the show and they got room mad. Um remember <laughs> this, darling. You told me about this. Um but uh you know um uh, it was just one review from you know whatever and reviews are bullshit. But I think that kind of made me uh realize that I could probably do something. It was my first ever review I gotten and I was like oh shit all right um, and then, um, also I got told like, she's a real sweetheart. Um, and you know, like doing all good things in Vegas, but Gypsy at the time that I could never do burlesque in comedy festival because it's just not the market for it. And Gypsy, I'm a one, you devil. I know. And I, she probably doesn't even remember it. And you know, like it's, it's a hard, it's a super hard industry. Like, you know, and it, it's it historically it's hard comedy and burlesque are both hard and you do both at the same time. Like, yeah. Was it because it wasn't done then? Like, obviously it was done, but not to the it's, it's very different to what it was then. Is it because they were such separate ideas? Yeah, I think that they'd always kind of thought of them as, I think they kind of almost thought of them as separate ideas and the only way that they could yeah. be brought together was in this show that was... Was the two, yeah. Two, but also still separate. Mm, um, still like, yeah. And I just I just always remember that and I am a spiteful bitch that loves a challenge and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to... I'm going to do it in comedy festival and like, like not spiteful um, to Gypsy at all, just spiteful that the industry wouldn't accept me as funny because I'm a tea lady um uh and so I I did my first festival show I don't think that year that I moved to first moved to Melbourne maybe the second or third year yeah um I don't remember I think it was 2016 no that seems too soon maybe 2014 or 15 yeah um was that the what was your first show at comedy festival whimsy Merchant of Whimsy. Yeah, I reckon it was 15 or 14 because I think yeah. I saw it and that my first year at Comedy Festival was 14. So 
I think it was 14. It was a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely was sort of around then and I, I did the whole show and financially, obviously horrible, but, um, <laughs> what? Really? It's all horrible financially. What's just financially terrible? What do you mean? I don't know. Um, but uh, I got nominated for best independent show, um, Yay! which was very cool. And then Gypsy and Asha got nominated for like the year after or the year after that. So, um, you know, I think that's also a sign of of the industry changing. I think a lot more of like the odd mixed up um, mixed genre comedies were kind of coming through then. Um, yeah. Also, that is an award specifically for um, odd comedy, but it's also for <laughs> comedy that's potentially not commercially viable, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of part of the award. Odd comedy. I love it. I love that. That's Hello, great. we're going to yeah. an award. Uh, we know it's not commercially viable, but you've got an award, so it's totally okay. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. Yeah, no, it's... Um, it's... Uh, it's um, you know, it's been awarded to lovely Cam Ben who pooped an egg out of his butt. I made a choice not to see that. If I'm honest. I did. I did see it. Um, you saw it. Yeah, I saw it. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> I love Can you like Cam. The, how your body felt when you saw him shit out an egg. I mean, I've seen a Cam Ben show before. Um, when he, uh, oh, I can't remember what, what the show before that was. The um, one, is it the one where he started with a briefcase and he was in a suit and then a lot of people yeah. shaved him? Yeah. And it was so honey and marshmallows. Yeah. 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 Oh, what was it called? Oh, I can't even remember. Oh, I couldn't remember, um, but I'll never forget um, David Splat shaving him. That's what I'll never forget. <laughs> Oh, I remember throwing a marshmallow and it hit him bang on. It was great. Ooh, it felt great. actually very satisfying. Um, no, I saw I saw that one and then I so I wanted to see Charles Hall as an egg because um, it was actually before I was friends with Cam and I was like, what is this? Um, <laughs> it was actually such a sweet show. Like it had such a sweet heart to it. And then the most impressive thing is that the egg was up there the whole time, like the whole show, fresh egg. That's <laughs> Asked that, what did he take him in to like? No, no, he sent it from the butterfly club. Fresh eggs. Wow, 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 yeah. He did tell me that in Perth it got stuck once and he had to repeat that. Um, or maybe it was that's stuck, the dust cluster, or whatever it is. Um, and he, uh, he got stuck and he had to try and play that song three times and he pissed him. Wow. He got stuck. Imagine the terror and the fear. But also, would it break in your, in your butt? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, surely it would break in your butt. Like, surely you just, um, he's just trained. Like, and how do you maybe. feel like that? And how many things do you have to break before that's too many? And yeah, yeah, like eggs are strong this way, but they're pretty weak this way, aren't they? Like, mm-hmm. I think they're all round, like, okay. I think their strongest point is at the top and the bottom. Let's conference him in. Let's ask him. Um, Cam, if you're listening, uh, you can email us. It's hash is one butt at gmail.com. It's never been more appropriate. The letter one. That's right. One letter. Uh, you sure that shark eyes is so wholesome and I loved it. 
Mm. So sad. I got canceled like everyone else. <laughs> like everyone else's. Yeah. Everyone um, else. I would like to know uh, Cupcake-o. Uh, yes. Apparently, I was about to say Miss Cupcake, but I was like, I'm not sure if I can say that. And then I went with Cupcake-o. Anyway, uh, what would be, in your opinion, uh, like the highlight so far of your career and what you've been doing? Oh, um, highlight doesn't have to be like the, the best you know, most grand moment. It can just be like something that really warmed your heart or inspired you or kind of just, you know, that kind of jam. Well, because I, I, I get very emotional about performing. Like mm. um, like I remember watching Mega Two Chocolat's first solo show that they did mm. um, and just was crying from about five minutes in. It was just so beautiful and it was just Honestly. amazing it was just the right person doing exactly the right thing in exactly the right place. And it was just so delightful. So that was a real eye open, like a really like hard opening moment for me. Mm. Um, I, I wrote a sketch once um, and Denise Scott was in it and it got filmed in my house. So that was right. Yeah. That's so Um, cool. It's not bad. Yeah. I thought my parents would finally recognize that as an achievement. Uh, but they didn't know who Denise Scott was. Um, How can you not know? Um, fine, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I did get mentioned uh, mentioned by lovely Tim from um, Das, uh, Tim Ferguson, and that they recognised. Um, he recommended me in a video, and so they were like, "Oh, that was the closest." Um, uh, but maybe I think. I did a house party at Comedy Festival a couple of years ago, which I've done a few times, um, but I yeah. realised that I'd never actually hula hooped in, like, public at Comedy Festival. Um, and, like, as in, like, I'd done it in my shows, like, a bunch, but if you didn't see my shows, I guess you wouldn't know that I did it unless you, like, followed me or whatever, like, yeah, and totally. just didn't have a concept of it. And I so I did my hoop routine at house party, and it was bonkers. Like, people were just like, like apparently all the comedians like up in the top were like, I didn't know that she could do this. And the crowd just went like real weird nuts. And it was just oh, yeah, that's bad. like where I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. All right. I, sh- I, sh-. and I like booked a bunch of gigs like off that. Um, and that felt super nice. Like I oh, liked yeah, that. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy that like, that's always been, I guess, like, not a thing, but, like, something that you've thought about of that, like, people don't know that you hula hoop or that you bring those mm. performance together or even that you do burlesque and hula hoop. Like, like because for me, I've only ever always known you as that and for, like, you to, like, think yeah. to be like, oh, I did that in front of people and comedy festival people saw me and that was the like, <laughs> accepted thing. Like, I find that really funny how, like, us as performers, we just, like, don't realize how other people always view us or see us. And we're just yeah. like, Oh, that was a big deal for me. And we're like, what really? We thought everyone, what, what it's like, you know, it's just like interesting. The things that we personally find like really scary that actually everyone's like rooting for us the whole time. Like it's yeah. kind of cute. Yeah. It is kind of cute, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, and I, I did a, I did a stamp town. Yeah. In Edinburgh. And I got like the most ridiculous standing ovation, same routine. 
Um, and that was just, just, there's just something nice about people just deciding to do it. Um, like, like, as a, like when it doesn't feel forced. Like I've seen shows, yes, I've seen shows in America and they love to fucking stand up there. They'll just do it God, for anyone. they love a good stand up, especially with burlesque. My Lord, they'll give you that standing O just cause. I want it. I don't want it if you're giving it to everyone. Boring. It's like a lot of hair on stand. Yeah. I mean, it's a very Australian, like, how do you think everyone's good? <laughs> <laughs> very true. Got him down. Got him down. But, um, uh, yeah, that was like a like a proper one, and you can feel it when it's a proper one. Yeah, you can. When people just kind of jump, like spring to their feet, and they're just like, mm. it's like you can you can feel the energy when it's like an actual fuck kind of reaction. Yeah. I think it was um uh, lovely Tom Walker the other day put up a video because he films his show and watches them back. One man did that and like got up to like give. It- him, like a springy standing ovation and then looked around and realized that nobody else was doing it and was so surprised and they just sort of sat down it was such a treat so just like hey bye i also love the reverse of that where everyone else has done the springy and then one person's like not for me and then just gets kicked sitting down not for me to be fair i've done that before <laughs> i've just been like no nah, i'm not going to just because you're all standing up and i can't see anymore like i don't think it's worth it like is that i'm not gonna stare that yeah. i didn't know i'm just like no nah, i'm not gonna give you a fake one like there's no i do these ones yeah i'm just like, like very good but like wasn't gonna stand up anyway like it's kind of that point where like the first row stands up and then the next people just stand up because they can't see anymore like there's that's that it and then it's like <laughs> You know what? In these trying times, I'll take whatever I can get. So if I get a this standing room, just because the front row is stood, second row can't see, wait on me. What do you got? Rows. We can only have like two people in one space at one time, mate. So I don't know what you're talking about. You know what? Well, then that will sit directly behind each other and then that person will stand and then the other person will stand and I'll be like, still got it! And that's what will happen. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I love that for you. No, that's really great. That's I'm, really, I'm really proud of you. Yeah, no, 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 no. Thank you. Uh, I love it. And the opposite side of that then, what has been your like weirdest or like most strange or like just not great moment where you're just like, nah, not doing it anymore. See ya, boss. Not your favorite moment. Your least favorite. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Can it be like weird but oh, still a favorite? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, great. It was the famous thruple that I had to kick out of my show for fingering. <gasps> tell, oh. <clears throat> tell me about that. Uh, so I just recently went to Fringe World in Perth, um, which is probably my favorite Fringe Festival, I think. Uh, like, uh, I love comedy festival and I love Fringe World. They've always been good for me. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I went and did um, my show there for two weeks. It went really well. I haven't had a bad show. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, it was lovely. I just hadn't. I just didn't have a bad show. Um, this is the only one that I would class as like weird. Uh, so it was a Thursday night. Um, I should preface this by saying that my show starts at started at like seven forty. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd had a lot of boomers because it's Perth and they love Fringe World and they're also quite often the best audience. Like they're so delightful. Um, and so these three people walked in and I was like, ah, oh, they were kind of like a bit drunk, but they seemed fun. Uh, they were like, Steve. And I kind of like yelled out with them because I'm out in the audience when the Steve. audience is coming in. Oh, Steve. And so I, Steve. Yeah. And so 
I started the show and they just sort of kept talking a bit, which was the first sign that something else was up. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I said, gave them the first warning. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, we just need a, just a little bit of shush. Like, it's going to be hard for everyone if you do keep talking. And I tried to do it, you know, the nicest way possible. And then they, they sort of shushed down a little bit. But then I just noticed that they were all making out with each other. Um, the man looks like anyone's grandpa. Just anyone's, like just a general jeeper out on the town. Yeah, polo shirt grandpa. Like maybe he was, like his grandkids would maybe be like six or seven at most. Oh. Like you know, think that kind of age. Like a you know, oh, puppy. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> um. And then one of the woman women was definitely speak to the manager. And then the other one was, um, I would say, you know, just that kind of like, like that older woman that you see at a wedding with like maybe longish hair. It's like that kind of strawy blonde because they've kind of mm-hmm. dyed it so much. And then just, woo, that woman. Um, ah! Let's call her Diane. And um, Definitely Diane. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. 100% Diane. Diane and Karen. And um, and Bruce, let's go with that. So Diane and Karen and Bruce, they're all making out. Like, like so the two women are, like, making out across each other. The man's kind of doing like that, like, like putting his arms around both of them. And um, the venue was, like, a ranked theatre, like, in the round. Tiny, like, it's really What's the capacity of the venue? 80. 80? No, actually, it might have been less than that, but it was, it was small. Yeah. It was like a, it wasn't full, but it was like you know, well attended. It's like a tiny and, um, company. It was full. like the first version, like just a full on in the round, like like deluxe, wasn't it? Like real close. Yes, deluxe. Yeah, and so I could see my tech getting a little bit perturbed, and then I just realised that 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 she, one of the women had her hand like right up on his thigh. And then one of them kind of took herself out um, to oh. go and and vape on the Ferris wheel. So it was just two of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you need mid-show, you know. I just yeah. want to go um, get on a Ferris wheel and vape mid-show. So I just yeah. done really quick. Great. Yeah, and my um my venue managers took that moment to walk in. Uh, shout out to Mikey White, what a dreamboat! Yes. And um he uh so they came and sat in there, and then the two of them just kept making out, and I gave them another warning because she was also talking a lot. Um, but you like and making out, That's fucking rude. <laughs> remember the sh- remember the shh. We're doing it. And then Did um, she dirty talk talking, or was she just like ah ha 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 fringe? Like kind of laughing at the show and kind of like talking along with me, having a bit of a conversation, but it wasn't too bad, but then also talking to the person and then, um, you know, making out whatever, just whispering to him. And then um, <laughs> I saw his hand up her skirt and I was like, well, okay. And then I have a lot of awkward pauses built into my show for very specific reasons. Uh, and so I did this, this awkward pause and she just said really loudly, well, now we know. And it was just like loud enough for me to be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Oh, I like I made this. I made like a face, and then I went, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Oh, it's crazy to leave the party. Oh, you've done such a good job. Oh, and they were really nice about it. Like I just kind of got left. And then 
like the woman actually left her whole handbag. So my friend Aileen, who was in the audience that night, had to like chase them out and give her her bag. Um, and then as they were leaving, of course, I wasn't privy to this. As they were leaving, they told the venue manager that um, uh, that he's like, oh no, you don't understand. Like she's just gotten a divorce from her husband, who was a drug dealer and abusing her, and we're just trying to have a bit of fun. They were definitely high. They weren't just drunk. One hundred percent. And then the front of house people just like what had happened is that by the time they kind of was cutting them off, the first woman who was based on the Ferris wheel had managed to get another round of drinks. So what they did is they locked them all in the Ferris wheel to just kind of sober up um, and just send them round and round and put them up the top. But then they were so loud that there were noise complaints from the venue that was under them. So they had to just boot them all out. Wow. 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 Yeah. And they did look eye level, and Grandpa definitely had a boner. Like, it was just a lot. I mean, Grandpa was fingering someone in your audience of, you yeah. know, an 80-seater venue in the round on a raked. On a raked. Like, this is the thing. It's raked. Like, it's not even, yeah. like, a whole bunch of chairs all the way back. Like, you can That's it. Like, you can hide amongst the heads. It's, like, 8 p.m. On a, on a Thursday. On a Thursday. On a Thursday. Honestly. Like, fuck those guys for being so disrespectful, but also loving that they're just getting their life on a Thursday. Like, get your so life. So funny. So real quick, like, what are they doing in isolation right now? Like, what is going on with them? Like, what oh, they I hope they're all together. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be a nice time. They're just, like, Facebook-living their friends all, like, fingering each other. Like, just be like, doesn't matter. She just divorced her husband. Uh, we're going to make Ferris wheel out of the clothesline. It's going to be fucking sick. Honestly, Ooh. that sounds really nice as well. It sounds really cute. So. <laughs> I literally had oh. a fucking idiot on my last show of Adelaide Fringe. And this was, like, the last weekend of Adelaide Fringe was literally, like, the weekend when, like, Comedy Festival got cancelled and, like, everything yeah. was getting pulled from me that whole weekend. So, like, that whole weekend was, like, this bittersweet, like, yeah, I'm finishing a festival. Yeah, I have no work when I get back home. Fuck my life. And um, the very last show that I had, which was my solo show at 8.40, and some girl was just in there, like, fucking drunk as fuck, like, straight away. And I have, like, a goon of fortune, like, a tiny, like, um, hills hoist in my show. Like, spin it around. And she literally, like, I'm in the same venue as, like, the deluxe, like, a little, like, kind of tiny in the round raped cedar sort of thing. She literally, like, scoops her way past, like, three rows of people. It's, like, stumbling on the stage. Just starts spinning my little, like, hills hoist around. And I was like, mate, we are on the brink of a pandemic I've worked nothing but fucking hard for this show and you're about to ruin my last show here can you fuck off and she literally yeah. say what it what it, I was like nah this is my last show I absolutely refuse to put up with this absolutely refuse yeah. like and I then, love it I love that oh it was just it's just like what do you what I get that you're drunk I get that you're having a good time but what about you means that everyone else no, no, no. Ticket doesn't get to enjoy the show like Fuck off. That's no. it. Like, just because you're drunk doesn't give you the permission to be a fucking absolute cunt. So, like, don't don't fuck with someone's shit. Be drunk, be merry, laugh, whatever. I don't know. But don't. Sometimes you just have to be mad. Like, I remember, I think it was, like, remember Edinburgh Fringe, everyone? Um, Never. No. <laughs> no. 
Laura's with us at that Edinburgh Fringe that we talk about on the podcast all the time. <laughs> yeah. So my experience of that fringe was, it was like, I actually look back at it. I'm like, oh, it was fine. Um, like I had fun and it was nice to do my show. No, it was fine. It was coughing up, coughing up green um, because of the mold. Oh, that's right. Because we were in that venue that literally was made of mold. Yeah. Um, but I just remember, I think it was like maybe the third, it was really in the last weekend maybe, and I was firing in my costume and I would do wow. it for like four hours a day. So I'd go out as two hours just by myself, as myself and be like, oh, I'm supporting this really great comedian from Australia. Oh, I just love her. I just pretend that it wasn't me. Just love her. Always, right. always. Um, it's not you. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I was out flowering in my octopus costume because it was the worst, and I was an octopus. And I, um, my line for that was, I would just ask people. I'd be like, "Can I interest you in some octopus comedy?" <laughs> and this like real laddie fuck was just like, "Sorry, but that sounds absolutely shit." And I was like, well, I've needed to cry today. And so I just, <laughs> just cried at his table in the beer garden. I went, I've come all the way from Australia. And I've been working so hard. And you, just, you just don't even care. You don't care about that. You're such a cunt. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a cunt. And like, just like everyone, he was there with like his girlfriend and like someone's parents. I think they were probably hers by the like yeah. the, the vibe of it. And I yeah. was just like, and then he just like stayed there for too long, like being like, eh. <laughs> oh. that's no, that's fucking perfect. Yeah, I feel like people need to know sometimes when they're being fuckheads, though. I think that's entirely correct. Honestly, like, if that's your reaction to a human that is just try, just trying their best, just giving it a, a hot go, mm. is that that sounds fucking terrible. Like you deserve to be told why you're a piece of shit. That's not yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think one of my favourite Clara memories is uh, when we were doing After Hours at Adelaide Fringe and someone tried to smack you on the ass twice and you just, like, turned around to this girl and slapped her on the face and she was like, why did you do that? And you were like, well, you slapped me on the ass twice. And her and her husband, like, stood up and spat on the stage and we were like, okay, okay. Great. And then, like, they tried to get out, but we were oversold and they couldn't get out through the aisle. <laughs> so they had to walk out backstage. She was so drunk. I felt I felt bad about that at the time because there was a few people from the fringe in and I was just like, oh, I should have, like... Nah, it was the No, best. absolutely not. You just have to be She fucking said and were like, no, don't do that yeah. because remember, no, just, just no. And then... I just did it again. It was so good. I loved it. I loved it. And that's exactly it. I was actually, I performed in a show in Chicago and this beautiful, like intimate show in this stunning venue. And this guy just grabbed one of the performers and she turned around and fucking cracked him in the face, like full on cracked him in the face. Like this goddess just being like sultry, da, 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 and cracked him one. And he literally just went, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he just sat there like that was fair and it was no, one okay. of the best things I've ever seen her just <laughs> like straight across the face and him be like yeah great uh I've heard tell of a UK performer and I shan't mention her because it's secondhand information but 
um, that she was once dancing and somebody like grabbed her and she's like the most beautiful looking woman in the entire world, but absolutely a blagging bag of shite. Like she's, she's incredible. And this guy grabbed her and she had like a can in her hand and she just turned to him, grabbed his head and then smashed the can into his face like multiple times, which is too much. But like too much. <laughs> I love it. I'm a lot. She's a burlesque performer. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, oh, I already have like a small idea of who it might be, like a few names pop up. Mm. Would it shock me to find this out about them? I'm not 100% sure that you know them, but you might. Ah, okay. Yeah. I don't know what your UK burlesque vocabulary is. I love the mystery of her. That's wonderful. Mm. I'll tell you later. Well, we do. So you've done your, like, your great stunning moment and your maybe not so fancy. Especially, I guess, this is a great kind of segue to side of the podcast we really wanted to ask somebody on who had been affected sort of you know we've all been affected but who's been affected by this whole pandemic this global shutdown essentially of the arts essentially being just closed it's just done kind of affected you on a professional and a personal level but to begin with um when you've you know been in a show or I've been trying to create or something like that. We call it your inner saboteur. We completely stole the group all, let's be honest. Um, yeah. yeah. Literally just stole it off the pole. But what are some of those things we like to hear, like, I guess, little fucking life hacks about how you overcome that inner saboteur and what you kind of do to to just kind of keep on trucking with that, with creating and, and performing? Um, well, I quite often hope for something terrible to happen before my shows open. So I kind of feel like I brought this on myself, like the secret. My last whole show was about how I'd rather get a flesh-eating virus than open a show. No. Um, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that felt Just a bit a- weird when it actually happened. And I went, oh, because my show was not ready for comedy festival. It was so far behind. I didn't know what I was doing. It would get there because it always does, but I was at that, like, panic stage. Yeah. And part of me was horrified and part of me was relieved. Um, <laughs> and then I just went back to straight up horrified. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I was terrified. Um, I just I just have to do it. Like, that's my only, like, um, I never... I very rarely do trial shows for my big shows, so I have no idea if they're going to be good. Usually the only person in the room with me when I'm actually doing a full run is my very stalwart tech um, because they are usually of that breed. Um, And so I just kind of have to put it in front of people and be prepared to eat shit. And there's something really freeing about massively eating shit. I mean, it's very like Gaulier clown. (laughs) Ten thousand dollars to go to France, be yelled at by a man. Um, but you just do that on the street, like mm. you just go outside and be yelled at by men. Mm-hmm. Give a man a fry pan and tell him to put on a French accent. He'll do it for ten bucks. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> for me, I just have to do it. It's also I'm also very fortunate in that I live in a very creative household, and so I can like run ideas. 
Um, so if you usually like run into um, my housemate Ruby Slippers, who was in the kitchen making snacks. Hi. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you. Um, no, so I usually like I'll like pat into her room like with a worried look on my face and my robe being like, "Is this funny?" um um and yeah I'm very fortunate that if I really want to and I don't always want to because I sometimes I find them horrific I can kind of slot myself into a stand-up lineup if I really Mm. want to like try something out Mm. um um, so I find that that's really helpful um not always so helpful in front of like like depending on the audience like some audiences you're just going to eat shit in front of regardless like you've just seen 10 boys in um a flannel um and novel t-shirt uh novelty t-shirt and then out comes me um being like "Ah, i love it i want to hear a song yeah i want to hear the wind song yeah Yeah. you hear on the internet Um, I would be like, yes, 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 go, yes, it does. Yeah, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And then there's actually been times where I've thought it hasn't worked, and it's happened to me a couple of times lately where someone's seen me on a stand-up lineup, and they haven't come to my show, but they've seen me at another show, and they've been like, oh, I saw you at this show, and they still remember it, and they're like, you were great. And so that kind of um, just reminding myself that number one, nobody's special. Number two, um, every idea has been done before. Uh, number three, nobody's in, you're not entitled to anyone finding you funny or good. Mm, um, true. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, and then just, I don't know, just give it a go. If it's bad, then it's bad. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It means the idea was bad. Yeah. Even so, like, maybe the idea wasn't bad. Maybe the idea just wasn't it just yet. Like, mm, like no, that. that's true. I've had an idea for a tap dancing apocalypse kitten <laughs> um, for a while. Like, so this tap dancing kitten that just is like, meow. Oh, I'm cute. No, the level was an inside job. And, um, it's never worked. Please. It's only funny the it will first work time. now. This is the time. This is the this time. Is it. Your time is Essentially. now. It's just never worked. And I think I know how to make it work, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's an idea that I've been like, it's not a bad idea. Just the execution is wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. I like that kind of approach of just, just do it, just get it done. Mm. Which I think a lot of, I know myself even like I'm always kind of terrified to just do the thing because you're like, what if it's bad? But that's when, that's when beautiful things you kind of fuck it up you only have the light when you have the dark kind of situation so you do need to fuck it up to make it good or not even fuck it up maybe it's just not so good to make it even better well it's not the thing that you've done over and over again as well like you know you guys in like like well especially you betty but like clara as well like uh, you get the opportunity to do the same thing over and over again and perfect it within an inch of its fucking life. So when anything's new, mm, yeah. it's 
so far away from like what that thing is that you fucking nail all the time that like it feels yeah. like 10 times scarier than anyone else would like because you know for me it's usually an hour-long show and it's a lot harder to nail a fucking hour-long show and make it feel perfect oh than it is to make a five yeah. act feel amazing so I'm used to always just being like ah, like just in this like ah. anxiety of like maybe it'll be better this time I don't know fuck like yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still like to this day, like, you know how I talk about this every fucking time that I'm like, how do you do an hour show? How? Like it's five minutes work. for me. And I'm like, you just do it. Do it. It's not, it's not. Just do it. You just do it. Mm. I'll but say it time and time again. No one needs an hour for less. That's all I'll say. Anyway. No, no one needs. I would say seven minutes is pushing it. <laughs> I saw a 15 I left that one and I was like, no, thank you. It's too long. Yeah. I want to see my optimum, like all of my acts are from four to four and a half mm-hmm. min and that's it. Like that yeah. is for me. Like as yeah. a burlesque performer, I don't think that I have more than that amount of content as well. Like stuff get older for a while. Unless you're like strippy, 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 some other circus thing, then it's fine. But like that's stuff. it when you're like, also this skill you're like do more do more more again go, go, go. yeah you know I mean, when you like, can always create one idea for like three minutes so that helps um <laughs> you know you can just keep singing for like three to four minutes about the one yeah. thing. well to me like the way that's kind of how i break up like a show like my one at comedy festival i was like all right um that's five minutes at the top that's already done five minutes at the end so actually i've already got 40 minutes to fill um, which is, you know, and then you kind of break that up. You're like, well, I'll do this thing and that, and then that's about, you know, you just have to find eight five minute things, or preferably one ten minute thing, and yeah. then you know, like six little five short things. And then if you really think about it, five of that one of those six is going to be all the in between bits, and then you've only really got thirty five minutes to fill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That's that's really fun. Like I, I'm always super interested to hear about people's creating process. And I would say, like, for example, yourself and Tash have very different ways that you would sort of build a show or, you know, create around whatever. What's your, you know, your dot point? I mean, you kind of discovered it, but what's your kind of dot point when you're writing a new show or coming up with the idea or the concept? Because I've seen a little bit of it, which was great when we lived together and, you know, those yeah. things and you're like this is my new jam and you just come in and like do a chat and I was like wow this is <laughs> I find it really interesting because it's just oh. not, I'm just not built that way to work that much content you know or create mm. something like that. um what's your kind of your, your dot point process yeah that was the name um because you have to yeah um so and usually so usually at the moment I've probably got about five shows sitting in my head they're not all ready and then they might become something totally different but Mm. it's about five um and so um and they've usually all got names um so I start with the name and kind of what the show feels like and what it looks like so posting is very important to me like that it's kind of the one of the first things I think about is like the the color palette of the show the the, you know how I want people to feel Because I have to really think about creating a nice 
a, a space that people are going to be comfortable to get up in and that they're not going to be scared. Um, yeah. Or feel like I'm going to pick on them. I work really hard on that. And then I, um, I usually, I usually just sort of think about concepts. Like so they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I want to do a bit that's about. So I'm thinking about my last show. Like I'm talking about my career and some of the the questions mm-hmm. that people ask me in my career, and uh, which all got started because a man said he saw my top bits. Your top bits. My top bits. Everyone saw them. Um, and so I just kind I of thought about. Yeah, I thought about all the questions that sort of people ask me, and and the, and then just pulled some acts together from around from around that. I very rarely write, um, which is why I don't always do well with directors. I very rarely write the whole show out um, until very close to the time um, yep. and have a script. Um, and this one specifically, when I first did it, when it was called Home, I didn't really have a script. I just kind of had like points to hit. Um, uh, yeah, and that I just... Um, uh, yeah, I don't really know how I put. I, like I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, how do I do it? Um, I just kind of make a bunch of shit and hope that it works. Well, yeah, I guess that would mean that you just really kind of rely on your instincts and like the inspiration that comes to you uh, surrounding that idea and really trust yourself um, and your and your kind of skill and your process. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of is the process. I, of just I think like, I, agree with, I agree with you on that idea of that. Like you have to have like a name of the show and a colour palette and a feeling of the show so that you know kind of there's like at least some sort of I don't know I'm I'm exactly the same. I always oh, make a poster and a name and a photo shoot and whatever before I even start writing. Yeah. And I'll write a bio and I'll say in the bio like what kind of music it is and what kind of like you know feelings it'll evoke. And so that way then I'm like cool that's my framework and I can kind of fuck around with it within whatever kind of spectrum of yeah. that. That kind of yeah. helps me because I need some sort of box to put it in. Otherwise I just won't think of anything. Yeah. Well, that's some you need some sort of walls in regards to creating anything. I feel like you need yeah. that little start finish area to be like, yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, it's unfortunate for me. I work really well under pressure. Mm. Um, so, like, um, Top Bits, which was previously home, was written in two weeks um, because I kind of had some ideas of the show, but it was not anything and I didn't really know what it was and it was flipping out. And then that man said Top Bits to me in Adelaide and my brain just went, this is what the show's about. <laughs> Um, which meant that it was actually a bit different from, sorry? Uh, I was like, just because something's written in two ways and it's not. No, well, I guess, but like also it'd be nice if that didn't happen. Um, cause it would make me less stressed. Um, <laughs> yeah. but like the problem with that was the actual show didn't really fit what I'd written for it. The feel was right. still okay, but the show didn't really fit the bio. And so a few people were like, yeah, I thought this was about this. And I'm like, eh. And it's like with um, Gretchen, which was my show that I uh, that was going to be at comedy festival. I didn't mm. have, I had so little. Like I kind of had the beginning and I had the concept of it, and I kind of knew how it was going to end. But I just mm. didn't have that thing that was going to tie together. And then um, I was talking about how I wanted to open it, which was with like a, a intro. Um, I'll still do it. So I'm spoilers, everyone. Um, but it was a, a, you know, I wanted to introduce the work uh, that Gretchen had written. Um, again, if you didn't, Gretchen is my cat, um, the work that she'd produced and, um, 
talk very seriously about the theatricality of it and then kind of go into the whole thing, just pretty much just playing her the whole time. Um, and a few people were like, oh, you need to come in and out of it because otherwise people aren't going to understand. And I'm like, oh, but I think I did it up front. And then I was talking to my lovely partner about it and he was like, yeah, it's like Shakespeare. Like, you know, two houses, great houses of Barona. And like they introduced the play and I'm like, oh my God, the whole thing's Gretchen's Shakespeare and it's just in like weird Shakespearean but internet cat language. Oh no, this is the show. It's the show. It's the show. That's so great. Um, so I'm still going to write it because I was kind of like in the process of like getting it all down when everything happened. And now, because um, I still, I was in second half. That's so much time. Aww. I can't wait. I can't wait till it hits the Yeah, I can't wait. Oh. Well, have you got any plans? Well, like, do it via the internet or anything over this time? Or are you like, now nah, I'm going to wait till I've got a stage and people to react off? I think I'm going to wait till I've got a stage. Um, partially because this year was supposed to be my last comedy festival, but I think it's going to not be. Because um, I think I'm still going to. I think I'm still going to be here this time next year, uh, you know, comedy festival time next year. Um, Cause my initial plan was uh, talking about moving to America with my partner. Um, but America's kind of imploded and he's back here now. Um, so that's a, yeah, it's a great segue into the, to the realness of this whole um, situation that's really affected not just your career, but your, your personal life and your, your actual just, day-to-day that's life yeah you're going to move over to um america to be with your partner yeah because he's been over there for a while he's half american so he has a passport and um you know he's been there for two years and it was you know going reasonably well and i love la so i was and i'm ready for a change so i was like yeah yeah that sounds good and so sort of started the expensive visa process um and uh uh, and that was like tentatively going to be November was kind of like a, a good kind of work date for when that was going to be processed. Yeah. Um, that's, I think going to be delayed. I'd be surprised if it still came through at the same time. Like everything's just so shut down over there. I'm sure they've got more important visas to process as well. Like I'd rather them be processing asylum visas and things like that than my stupid visa. Um, and also Kai doesn't live there right now. So he's up at his, um, he got back. He was originally going to come back today. Actually was his day. He was going to come back. And then, um, you know, he was like, I'll be back in two weeks. And then stuff kind of got moved up. Um, cause stuff there kind of escalated pretty quickly and stuff everywhere. And then he was like, I'll, I'll be back in, in three days. And then it turned into, um, uh, he was, I got a message from him overnight that was like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Wow. Um, so, and he's up at his, um, parents, his mom's house in Queensland because she's got a full apartment on the bottom and he's just self-isolating there. Um, in, well, he's in, no, he's not even self-isolating. He's in quarantine. Like, I mean, um, yeah, and he got in just before they were forcing people to be in hotels for it because people weren't doing the fucking say, is he in a fucking hotel? Like, that sounds no, like a no. hectic situation. Like, I mean, necessary, but hectic nonetheless. Like, yeah, no, he got in so much. He got in at just the right time, and he's being really responsible about it and really, um, uh, you know, sort of, he's sort of kind of, he's not just the most like personal life internet guy, um, but he kind of like walked people through like, you know, he went to the airport wearing a, um, a paint, like a spray painting. Um, I saw this like 
fucking respiratory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole well, because that's what he had. Because he's a set builder as well as being a, um, yeah. a comedian and a, a filmmaker, and so he brought that. And then he had all these gloves that he had also from his work. Um, uh, and he wore those, and like almost no one else was wearing them, and people were giving him dirty looks. And um, and then when he got back, he straight away like took off all his clothes and wash them immediately for a while and um nobody else at the airport was really worried and i think um there's so many people that haven't really lost anything in this aside from the ability to go outside like to go out um you know they're still working which i am also fortunately i'm still in my my full-time job that i had Mm -hmm. um which is just such a blessing um and um uh yeah, just people that are still out at the beach. They just they haven't. There's been no cost for them yet, and so and you know this cost that the government is is imp, imp, imposing on them is feels more like a punishment than an actual something that. It's not that a loss. Lost. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think that I really agree with that. People haven't necessarily experienced that loss or hardship or, or just pure heartbreak from you know, this directly affecting them, it's more of an inconvenience at this point rather than... Yeah, totally. Um, rather mm-hmm. than a loss. And so many people aren't taking it seriously. And, you know, like, I'm leaving the house to get a coffee in the morning, you know, walking with my partner to the place, not touching anything, grabbing coffee, kind of coming back. Or we walk to the beach to be like, I need to leave the house or I will go insane. And then we come back. But, you know, I can see people out the window still having parties as well. There's reports of people, like, having massive parties and gatherings and picnics and brunches and things. And I'm like, it's, I think you're right. These people haven't really lost anything and it hasn't, I don't think you can really appreciate the severity of a situation until you've been personally affected by it. Yeah. No, 100%. You know, I mean, our our the uh, housemate Akane, who is uh, in your own room, Betty, um, is trapped in no. America. She can't come back. She because she was here on a working holiday, a working holiday visa, and um, was in holiday uh, having a holiday in Peru, and then managed to get to America, and just kind of uh, uh, didn't. She was just sort of still on holiday there, and and then sort of just didn't come back in time. Like her flight was like the day after. Um, that's so heck. And so, yeah, we had someone else in the room who was like a musical, like just subletting, who was like a musical theater performer and has like a season of Frozen coming up, like on stage. And that's still okay. Like, I think that they're not, they haven't canceled it yet. Um, but you know, her partner is also a musical theater person and all her work's gone. And, um, yeah, just like, you know, and Kai had to come back because if he's not in live performing, he's in working events. And that's yeah. all, you know, LA is a real, aside from maybe New York, LA is a real epicenter for the virus. So, yeah, um, really dangerous, like dangerous to say. And he probably would have been fine, um, you know, as most I mean, people are, but also, you know, who knows? Um, who does know? And I mean, like how, so for example, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are aware that the arts has been impacted um, by by this global pandemic and, you know, what happened needed to happen and, and obviously blah, 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 blah. But how has it both 
how's it affected you both? Like Clara, how's it affected you in your, obviously the comedy festival was canceled. Like that is, that's, has, that's never happened before. That is enormous. It's a huge deal. And they, um, they mm. absolutely did the right thing. And I don't think anybody was upset at them um, no. for no, no. canceling it. Like it was a hundred percent the right move. Um, you know, also, I mean, an improv troupe, the big hoo-ha, um, you know, we had to, we've had to cancel, um, all our training, all our shows. Like we don't know when we're going to be back. Um, uh, cause you know, we are a big group of people all in the same room who love touching. Um, so, um, I, and then, yeah, all my gigs are gone sort of within three days. So I think, um, for me, it's, you know, obviously I didn't get to do them my show. Um, I um, also lost a bunch of, uh, within Comedy Festival, I'm actually very fortunate um, and I get to do a lot of like the side gigs. So I do a lot of the kids shows. Um, so the Big Laugh Out and um, uh, the um, comedy, uh, comedy Kids Club. Um, I had a bunch of like festival club gigs. Look, I was also going to do my first spandex ballet with Geraldine Quinn. Um, and actually singing, and I was really excited about that. That's really um, fun. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. So I think, I think if you're looking financially, I think conservatively, I've probably lost six to eight grand, but I actually think it's probably twelve. And then if you kind of look at going into future income, you're looking at probably. Yeah, I, I I can't really do the math on that. And then also the money that I put into my American visa, I'm not sure if that's still going to be viable um and then Kai's just within a day packed up his whole life in LA he still has to pay rent in his apartment at this point Um, yeah um you know he's still got he bought back as much as he could but he's still got stuff over there some of it's in his house some of it's at his friend's house he was going to store some his furniture at his um cousin's um house but um his uncle who's there is um on dialysis is immunocompromised so they can't have anyone in the house um so you know and his auntie is is older so um absolutely they're they're the ones that mm-hmm. they're the ones yeah so it wouldn't have been responsible for him to leave his stuff there so he just kind of had to just so quickly abandon his room and everyone in his house is an entertainment industry person like uh one of them is a drama uh, in the dixieland bands at disneyland and so disneyland's closed obviously and yeah uh, his other job was doing live performing and um uh you know playing in cover bands and stuff for, for mm-hmm. weddings and and stuff like that and so that's gone and you know because people's wedding i'm so sorry tash people's weddings also got cancelled and um <laughs> Uh, you know, so that whole sort of industry is, is pretty decimated as well. Like, you know, um, uh, um, and then, you know, his other, uh, housemates like a filmmaker. And so there's, you know, there's no productions going on in LA. Um, and then, yeah, they were all just sort of within the industry in various ways. And it's absolutely wide sweeping. Probably the only person that people that it's, this isn't affecting is, um, like online content creators, like YouTubers and, and stuff like that. But even then, like you look at something like one of my favorite uh, YouTube watch, which is Bon Appetit. Um, uh, I will watch you bake an egg 71 ways a meal. I will do it. Claire, you goddamn. I will do them. I will do yeah. it. You know, I'll watch you. Claire, I will watch you for 35 minutes struggle to make pop rocks. Um, but you know all their content is is them 
them cooking in a kitchen all together at, at the studio, which they now don't have access yeah. to. You know, even you look at someone like Seth Meyers, who's filming um, uh, a closer look, you know, in his in his um, study, yeah. his books behind him, and it's actually quite jarring to watch him like do his comedy and kind of pause for the laughs, but they're not there because he's not in front of a live audience. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, and it frustrates me that, um, you know, like part of me is like, you know, art, being an artist is is always precarious. Like it's not, there's very rarely a guarantee. Um, but, mm, uh, but you, you know, uh, you know, and I, I, got, I get frustrated with the people that are like, we raised so much money for bushfires. Now it's your turn. That's not how this works. Like it's not no, a um, no, no, no. It's not like a, that's a, it's a separate thing. Like we didn't do that. So at some point, people would give us money. Um, you don't do but I think good so you can get something in return. That's just not how that works. No, that's not it. Um, but it is frustrating that you know people are a bit unsupportive sometimes about funding for the arts. But what's getting people through this is Netflix and books and you know. Um, uh that's absolutely you know people it. putting tutorials online for learning how to do things and yeah you know that so you know you can't say that you don't support the arts if you've like ever watched a movie like if you say that you really don't like any movies or music or like books if you don't like, like music, never, movies tv books a, a literal right. visual art like there is yeah. just no way that anybody could be that person you know what i mean like Everybody relies yeah. on the arts in some way. Yeah, totally. Whether it's reading the most fucking ridiculous article in the newspaper, that is still a form, you know, it's journalism, it's writing, it's still a form of art. It's, it's yeah. everywhere. Absolutely. And it frustrates me that, you know, like a lot of people, I think there was that guy that put a banana on a wall that everyone kind of used an example of why art is bad. Fucking duct tape, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, but you can't, you can't, um, Legit, legitimize one person, like say that like that's not valid. But then like you no. know, um, uh, um, oh, I'm trying to think of like a good example. Um, you can't say you know that's legitimate, but then like um, you know, watch Duck Dynasty and say that that's better. Like yeah, you know, they're all like it's all of the same. Yeah, so it's it's like when um you know a lot of arts funding bodies say that comedy isn't uh, or cabaret even sometimes isn't uh, viable for grants because it's commercially viable and it's not and there's a lot of people doing things that aren't um you know Will Anderson who is a darling man um but you know he's doing very well in comedy he doesn't need grants and and things like that but it's small startup shows the same as small plays that need you know just a, like and comedy is not an expensive thing no um you know unless you're me um just needs like a couple of grand behind it and honestly some of these comedians could do absolute wonders with that you know they just need a little bit more marketing a little bit of something to get their name out there a little leg up that's it um, yeah how do you feel which was we've never had the opportunity to kind of asked this question um before because it's never happened how do you feel about you know our art forms our cabaret comedy burlesque uh, whatever we're doing circus how do you feel about it going online like what's your take on that do you love it are you unsure i mean are you willing to do it 
you know, like a lot of cabaret shows, which I absolutely love the resourcefulness of, of artists. Art will always find a way and people will always find mm-hmm. a way to, to present and bring and just paint the masses, which I think is really beautiful. I also have my own thoughts about this mm. whole thing um, of online and stuff like that. But how do you feel about everything for now um, sort of going online? I think that I think that it's both good and bad. Um, I think that um, I do think that creating things for online is a very different medium um, yeah. than live performance. Um, I think that there's I think I think that if we had access to a big stage and um, could could put a show together the way that we would put a show together for an audience, I think that that is valuable and, and good to stream online. But I think if you are making, you know, if you look at what people are consuming online nowadays, it's TikTok. It's, um, you know, um, watching someone cook a steak 47 ways. Um, you know, like, but, but there's, you know, you look at, yeah, it's, it's, it's the success of it is, is super different here and it's very niche and it's about finding your niche. Um, and I, well, I think that there is, definitely some value in, in, in streaming, um, in streaming content. I also think that it needs to be, it, it, it can't be, it can't be what, it, what you were going to present necessarily live. Um, I think it's, I think it's very different. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, it, and I think, and I mean, that's, that's a great, it, it's just very different, isn't it? The whole thing is, it's a very different field that is so, unexplored I guess and 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 new and weird for me yeah personally. yeah I'm changing having an audience I really am just not about it like if I wanted to do screen I would have done screen I fucking love having a live audience there and like I That's good. It's my main struggle right now is that it's not going to be there yeah I think like something like um you know cabaret with with songs is is a little more more accessible for online because you know you've got people like um to mention obviously doing that with a plum he just does you know he does film he just too much just does this um he just does film clips and um you know like you can definitely kind of translate that medium a little bit uh, but you know even live comedy shows specials have an audience like yeah um i i think that i think that it needs to be a balance i do think that people are kind of um uh, potentially out of like stress and necessity flooding the market with with content that's maybe not thought out because who wants to think out content and also you do not have to be productive in this time you can just be sad like if you want to be productive you absolutely can you want to make a million different things like slippers is making quarantinis like you know like that's absolutely allowed as well um but you know don't you know and i'm you know part of i'm like well i should be getting up every day and maybe using this time to do a bit more exercise and that would be nice and i'm recovering my hula hoops and i'm planning on doing a bit more art and i you know paint myself like um <laughs> the tiger king the other day because that seemed like a good idea but like, yes. it was thank so you good. i love that's it. right and then the scene that it was quite good it, was it turned out quite well i think um joe exotic but um you don't you don't have to do anything if you just want to like sit on the couch if you want to play video games which i'm also doing if you want to play yeah. animal crossing which everyone is doing 
Um, don't feel the need to let your Shakespeare routine here. Fuck off. Like it's, you know, like if you, if you, if you just want to take this minute, especially if you've been busy forever and you just want to take this minute to be sad and like feel, you know, grieve what the world feel. was. Yeah. Feel things, hope that it won't go back to the way it was because capitalism should die. But like, you yeah. know, and things have changed from this and this is a definite, this is it. Things needed to change from what they were. I mean, they probably Just won't have because humans are horrible, down. but like, you know, but have a lay down. Have a lay down. Like, um, yeah, like. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say double that up as like our collective showbo secret for this episode. Yeah. yeah. Of like don't feel that you have to be productive. Don't feel that you have to go and write King Leah in a day. Just fucking chill because honestly, if you really think about it, this is what we all ask for. Not a global pandemic, but some downtime. I did. Not a global <laughs> pandemic for people to die. No, no. But some fucking downtime to just like snows take it take it make the best of the the worst situation and just yeah like i'm yeah, learning who i am as a human a without the stage true yeah and That's i it. Like, just take a minute and i don't get full downtime because i am still working which is again not a complaint it's great but like um you know like i'm still like you know cherishing the minute to be able to even just recover my hoops, which is such a passive activity and so boring, which is why I haven't done it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I now have these sparkly pink hoops and you got to be nice. That's it. Yeah. Like, but you also don't have to do that. Like just, just like if you want to and it's, and it's what you've been wanting, just sit. Like Kai's like fucking productive as shit as well in this. He's been making animations. He's making a new YouTube series. He's like, he made his own Frisbee golf basket out of bamboo because that's his hobby. Like he's just, he's thriving in quarantine, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's doing the Harry Solomon request line, which is nice because it is nice. Like when I wake up to a new video on YouTube and someone's made something, I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Like I'm so happy. So um, so I'm not saying like if you don't like don't also don't feel shamed into being lazy like be productive but also don't want to just don't be like yeah, just do what you feel do what you can cope with do push yourself push yourself whatever you feel yeah I know. literally no expectation because there is no precedent for this situation so there's no laws anymore whatever. I think I've just gotten to the point of like, like literally as of like yesterday to the point of acceptance of like, that's what this is going to be for a while. Whereas like mm. literally the last two weeks I've been grieving, like I'm very aware of it. Like, cause I was also just coming back of a festival for like a month, uh, which mm. is always just to come down anyway. Um, but then oh, like the week after that, I was like, surely I'll be better. It'll be fine. And I was like, nah, like just got like, like just just kidding it doesn't matter and like I listened to this podcast like and they were like oh it's actually like you know a lot of artists right now are actually going through a grieving process of like what my identity is and what I do and who I am as a person is actually not here for a while and that that's okay that like you're mourning the loss of that 
like that's what it is and yeah yeah when I read that I was like oh that's what I'm doing okay great 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 <laughs> yeah well, and so many artists have had to come home. Like, um, I know that uh, Ruben Kay's here at the moment. I think he was coming to Comedy Festival anyway, but I'm pretty sure he's staying for a bit, like, because London is also terrible. Um, That's it. People, you know. are, people are returning home. They're just, they're, so many abrupt changes are happening, really mm-hmm. sudden, jarring, abrupt changes. And it's like, I feel like you so much have, like, However, however way people are mourning this, maybe it's to be overproductive, maybe it's to grieve and, and, and do nothing and drink and smoke, whatever. Like, whatever way you're kind of going, maybe it's to try that fucking instrument that you've been like, wouldn't that be wild? Like, everyone's grieving in sort of way and mourning that. But I think that the beautiful thing to think of, rather than kind of grieving a loss, um, is kind of, which I've been talking about with my partner a lot is kind of this beautiful rebirth and like the idea of, you know, rebirth is always difficult and and painful, but we're going to come out on a different, such a different uh, level and platform and scale. And everyone's going to be so inspired and appreciate everything just that little bit more. And I was actually talking about today, how fucking beautiful it just, it almost brought a tear to my eye. That first show back with a full house yeah. and a full cast, and wine and laughter and like everything about how fucking <laughs> that moment is going to be. Cheers. What did you just say? And hugs. I thought you were drugs. I was like, wow. Oh, and that. Wow. I mean, what? No, it doesn't matter. Sure. <laughs> and hugs and drugs, whatever. But like that first hugs, hug boots. I'll wear them on stage. I don't care. My first gig <laughs> back, I'll wear hugs on stage. Bellissimo. It's going to be an Australian themed show. Get your rugs out. Get your stubbies out. Rugs, nugs. I think it's like something to kind of always remember. You know, it's very easy to focus on the on the terrible times, but it has to come out the other side. Don't know what that timeline is, but it has to come out the other side, and it's going to be so fucking beautiful because I know myself. I'm going to appreciate it. Just. You know, I've been thinking about on all those gigs that I was just like, oh, I'm so tired. God, I've got a lot on. Blah. Now I'm like, give me a gig. What do you have? Where's the stage? No. Like, yeah. Literally the podcast before this one is us at Adelaide Fringe with Boo. And we're like, oh, we're so tired. We've got so much on. Right? And then I had to put the podcast up and I always do like a little, like, you know, a little word at the end. And I was like, wow, yeah. I hate us right now for listening to that podcast. We literally have nothing and we are the biggest assholes ever. Just letting. That's it though. It's like, I feel like it was the universe. It was mother nature. It was everything being like, yo, fucking you want take a second and now we're like oh i really appreciate human interaction and connection and the outside world and performing and living my life like it's just made everybody really appreciate all of those beautiful small things that we really took for granted i mean we'll forget about it within six months but you know (laughs) (laughs) oh cora i love how brutal you are Thank I love it. It's so, so much for coming on. It's actually been such a joy talking to you, especially in this time where it's just been so fucking wild. What we need is crazy burlesque clown costume maker, fucking awesome legend here. Like it's nice to see faces. I know. <laughs> Conversation between right. touching my camera and pretending I'm touching your face. Oh man. 
This is how we be from hell. We don't hug. We just stroke faces. We just stroke. Yeah. Uh, but I hugged my computer the other day. That's cool. Oh, yeah, that's doing well. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and just like revealing everything about what's going on for you at this time. And like, yeah, you're just such a ledge. Like, oh, you're a legend. We're all gonna do it. It's gonna be fine. Or maybe not, but it'll be something and we're all gonna do something. Well, my dears, it is time to bid you adieu because I need to pee. Um, I have to go to do another Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) now. I love it. Well, I love you dearly, my Clara Cupcakes. Thank you so much for being a part of the Thank you so much. You're amazing. I love you too. To anybody that was listening, um, if you can't hear us, that's, I mean, you know what? That's how it is. We fucking tried. We tried. We really tried. We gave it a whirl. I've looked at this for like a few weeks and I merely just joined in. I don't, it's, you know, (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Please, Betty Buttsmell and Tash Yorkinshire Pudding. Goodbye. <laughs> Love you, bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.